0: Hey, this is Tiffany Vovo. Welcome to this edition of the What's Next podcast, where I have the pleasure to welcome Dre Baldwin to the show today. In just five years, Dre went from his high school team's bench to a nine-year professional basketball career. At the same time, he built a content publishing empire. Dre is the author of 27 books, which is just mind-blowing, Uh, He has been blogging since 2005 and publishing videos to YouTube starting in 2006. Dre has published over 15,000 pieces of original content, including 7,000 videos and his content being viewed over 73 million times. His daily work on your game podcast has over 3 million listeners. He's given four TED Talks and it's just a pleasure to have you. Welcome Dre to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Tiffany. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna give a little story uh, uh, before we get into bullish and bearish. So Dre sent me this awesome video. He's like, hey, hey, Tiffany, like I want to talk to you about all this stuff. And it was like 90 seconds. It was engaging. It was inspiring. And I, immediately I reached out and I said, when can you be on the show? So good on you, Dre. <laughs> that was awesome.
1: Yes, thank you. And you know what, Tiffany, I was actually reading your book and didn't even connect that you were the same person whose book i was reading it was not until i looked at it again and said oh hey man, i'm reading her book
0: serendipitous so serendipitous IQ. dre Serendipitous. Yes. all right let's let's get started on bullish to bearish are you ready bullish is you're for it bearish you are against it are you ready
1: yes i'm ready always
0: all right the first one commercial space travel bullish or bearish oh i'm
1: for it bullish let's all right all yeah.
0: right second one robot basketball team
1: bearish we need humans we need humans on basketball court
0: (laughs) all right (laughs) all right and the third one virtual reality coaching
1: oh bullish let's do that as long as we can get the same fee as long as we can charge the same amount (laughs) you gotta slide
0: in for the same fee
1: yes (laughs) way to go
0: all right well let's get this started you know uh you know, for those of you who don't know who Dre is, you know, I, I'm just going to ask, you know, sort of give us a little bit background. You know, it's sort of like never playing basketball to playing basketball. Um, you know, let's start there. How did it all begin?
1: Sure. I'll give you the, the two minute version. So uh, background from the city of Philadelphia, PA, now live in Miami. I uh, was always into sports, played every sport, tried every sport, finally settled on basketball around the age of 14. Wasn't very good. Didn't make my high school team, so I was a senior. Sat on the bench the one year I was on the basketball team. So at that point, anyone who even has a a simple understanding of the game knows that a player with that kind of background probably is not going to go far in basketball, college ball, let alone pro ball. But I went and walked on that the Division three level of college was the third tier that we have March Madness. That's Division one. I was Division three down in the basement. So uh, graduating from college, I still had this goal this dream, I guess you would call it then, to make it into pro basketball. But I didn't know how to do it, where, when, why. I didn't know anything. So after one year, one year removed from graduation, I worked at Foot Locker. I worked at Bally Total Fitness after graduating. Then I went to this event called an exposure camp where I basically got to – it's like a job fair for athletes. Played well there. You actually play at the exposure camp, not just talk, but you play. Played well there. Got the footage from that. Got a great scouting report because I did had a good performance – I leveraged that scouting report to get myself an agent, and agents work in the sports world, same way they work for authors, same way they do for models and movie stars. The agent helped get me connected, helped me get my first contract playing basketball overseas. That was in Kaunas, Lithuania, my first job in 2005. Now, at the same time, as a side note, I took that footage from that exposure camp. It was on this device called a VHS tape. Tiffany, you remember those?
0: Oh, I'm
1: older than you. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay, so so the VHS tape, I actually put that footage. I got it transferred onto a data CD, put it in my parents' desktop computer, and uploaded that footage to this brand new website called YouTube.com. And that is how I started a parallel career at the same time I'm playing overseas. Now I have this this budding thing on the internet that later became what we now call personal brand and you no know, influencing, but. You know, Tiffany, in 2005, we weren't using those phrases. So it wasn't until around 2009 that I realized that was a thing, but I was playing ball at the same time. So that's how it all got started.
0: Well, I love that story because I feel like in so many cases with entrepreneurs and and people like you who just really put themselves out there, that Mm. they are trying multiple things at the same time. And sometimes doing too, right? But it's sort of, look, you know, my sports career is going to only last so long, you know, for pro sports in the US of basketball, I think the average is only like three and a half or four seasons. It's like, it's not very long and pro football, it's even uh, maybe even a little less unless you've got, you know, longevity and you're really top player. So you always need kind of a plan B, (laughs)
1: which it
0: appears since 2005 to 2020 with, you know 73 million views and 3 million listeners like you've just been grinding on it but you know you're you're really keen on four sort of topics and i'm going to try to go one at a time one is discipline right. so talk me through sort of discipline as you're doing these things and what you've learned about that over the years
1: well discipline is what i i describe as your willingness to show up every single day and do the work simple as that and discipline is not easy for everybody because most of the time the things that we're seeking discipline for are things we don't actually like because you don't need discipline when you like it. Right. So well, not always. So for me in playing sports, just trying to you know, become a just a mediocre basketball player as a team, I just went to the park every day. That was the only thing I knew. Let me go to the park every day with my ball by myself. This is in the middle of the summer in Philadelphia. So it's too hot, quote unquote, too hot for everybody else. So I leveraged that opportunity. What most people saw as this is not useful, I took it as an opportunity and just kept practicing, working on my game. And nobody taught me how to play basketball, so I'm, I was pretty much self-taught. I just kept practicing different things so I figured it out. And then in the the business world, I was able to take that same approach where I just kept practicing things until I figured out something that works. But what I tell people who are you know trying to develop more discipline is you have to, have, have to find that anchor or what some people call what is your why. What's the thing that's going to pull you through the tough parts of to the discipline. Cause not everybody likes going to the gym. Not everybody likes, you know, putting money aside to get out of debt. Not everybody likes doing all the things necessary to build a business. But what's on the other side of that bridge that you want badly enough that you're willing to do that that tough stuff. So that's really what the discipline was for me.
0: And then that discipline, I'm going to guess, led you to having more confidence about a game that you didn't start till you were later in, you know, your teen life. And for anyone who's played any sports, I you know, I like you played everything I could get my hands on. Um, I mm. played sports in college. It was a, a Pac-10 at the time. Uh, and while I was on the bench and sort of the, you know, sort of the practice squad team, it didn't matter. It was a goal I had had when I was really young, but what it taught me um, was confidence. Uh, and I'm going to guess that discipline as you got better and better and learned and learned, you got more and more confident. So what what have you learned over time about that? Especially, Starting in the, you know, internet in 2005, like, you know, that, that, that takes a leap of faith, but how has your confidence grown?
1: Yeah. And well, first of all, a great insight there, Tiffany, is most people don't even recognize that discipline actually creates confidence. The more disciplined you are, the more that confidence builds. So for me, confidence is the framework I use is what I call the super you is basically taking you, but elevating yourself to your highest possible level of confidence. So not faking it till you make it, but actually still being yourself and choosing to become that highest level person. And this is something that we just have to give ourselves permission to not only raise our confidence, but also step outside of being the person who you've always been. You don't have to continue conforming to the person that everyone knows you as or what you think other people expect from you. You can step into a new version of yourself at the snap of a finger. Is this a decision that we all have to make? And to maintain that confidence is a matter of choice. It is not a matter of, is not anything that forces you to do it or not to do it. You have to choose to keep your confidence up at that level, even when, and this will lead to our next element, but even when things aren't working, can you maintain that confidence and still show up the next day as if things are working with that same confidence as if you did succeed yesterday, even though you lost the game or you didn't get the deal or the business didn't go the way you wanted it to?
0: And I think within that is then, uh, you know, you have this external or you know internal talk track in your own mind around that discipline, like get up, it's cold, go out and train, or I don't want to go run, or I don't want to go to the gym, or I don't want to write that code, or I don't want to write that blog, like the discipline Mm. of it, right? Having the confidence that because you've never done it, you're probably not going to be great at it the first time, or maybe the second or third or 100th, right? It might be You know, Mm -hmm. like uh, the famous, you know, I I missed thousands of three-pointers, but the ones everybody remembers, right, is the one that won the the game. Um, Exactly. And then you have external factors that are kind of challenging you to continue to believe in yourself. And that's sort of this third one, this mental toughness, right, of being able to let it roll off your back, even if it's negative criticism. Um, And so how do you sort of approach it as you're looking to change yourself, but others maybe aren't interested in having you change or don't want you to change. They kind of like you where you are. And so you're always battling maybe these external forces. So talk a little bit about mental toughness.
1: Mental toughness is a measure of how disciplined and confident you're willing to continue being, even though as a result of your disappointed confidence, you're not quite getting the outcome that you expected to this point. And that part that you just mentioned, people expecting something different from you. People want you to stay the same, especially if what you're doing is maybe is working. Relatively speaking, people want you to stay there because they're comfortable with it because they already have the, they're already, you already have some positive momentum going. So why would you destroy that positive momentum to do something different if things are already working? It's kind of like, even an athlete, you know, you're playing sports and it's working. Why stop playing sports? Why not just keep playing till you can't, till your legs fall off? Why try to morph into the business world? Why do that? But for each one of us, we had to decide what our own path is going to be. And then when we apply the discipline and we apply the confidence, we can get to that outcome. And every time you do it, you build a little bit more belief, a little bit more confidence that you know you can. So with mental toughness, it's understanding that the world is going to challenge us. Things are not always going to work out no matter how great your plans are, no matter how smart your mentors and teachers are. You are going to face setbacks. So it's not a matter of going through life with a feeling of anxiety, a feeling of impending doom, knowing that that setback is coming. It's being centered enough to know it's like kind of a meditative state, walking meditation, that you know something's going to come and you'll be able to deal with it as it is when it occurs because you don't know what it's going to be anyway.
0: And I think that that can be freeing if you can master that. You know, some days I'm much more uh, mentally tough and confident and I'm much better on my discipline. And other days I'm like <laughs> totally undisciplined, no confidence and no right. mental toughness. Right. And so it's not right. that it, it's not once you get it, you keep it.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, you have to. It's something that you continually renew discipline every time you show up you're making a discipline stronger, confidence. When you look at yourself in the mirror, that, that's something that has to be renewed. Same like motivation, the same as as they say, no bathing. It doesn't last, you gotta, that's why you gotta do it every day. And mental <laughs> toughness is the same thing. Every time you face a challenge, that's a test of your mental toughness. Are you going to enact, engage that mental toughness and deal with it, or are you gonna kinda you know, avoid it? Are you gonna fall back, let that situation run you over, or are you gonna deal with it? Life is a constant set of challenges or what we call problems to be solved. And people who have mental toughness look at life that way, whereas people who don't have it look at life as, well, there's all these things coming at me. I don't know what to do. I can't do anything about it. They see themselves as helpless. So it's a matter of which one are you going to be. There is no neutral in the universe. You're either moving forward or you're moving backward.
0: Well, and that leads us to the fourth one, which is personal initiative, right? That you need to have, I almost feel like it's personal initiative leads you to discipline and confidence and mental toughness, but, you know, oh, personal yeah. initiative is right. Just the, what do I want to do? Like, what is my why, but it's what, what is it that I want to do? So what, what does personal, personal initiative mean to, you, mean to you?
1: Well, personal initiative, the way I define it for people in, in short is making things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And you are absolutely correct. The personal initiative is the, the action of all of this because discipline, confidence, mental toughness are just ways of, of thinking. So you can sit on your couch and be engaging with those But personal initiative is when we take all of this mental game stuff and we turn that potential energy into kinetic energy. We actually get moving and go do something. And if you look at just in life, and I'm sure you've seen many examples of this in your own life, Tiffany, is that people who move first, they're the leaders, people who are willing to take action, people who have the plans they have the ideas. They Maybe this will work. Maybe it won't. But they're willing to go out there and try it. Having the heart to actually put yourself and your work out there is what makes a person a leader. And as it said, initiative is something that you take. You take initiative. No one is given initiative. It's just like having the lead in business or the lead in a race. You don't get the lead. You take the lead. So it's something that you have to be willing to go and grab in life and that requires a little bit of you know, a little bit of aggression, a little bit of you know, being willing to step forward and take that opportunity, seize the opportunity, seize the day, as they say. And when people are willing to do that, even if it fails a time or three, if you keep trying it and you keep engaging in discipline, confidence, mental toughness with the right information, you'll eventually figure something out as long as you keep trying.
0: Couldn't agree more. I think that's a great, you know, a great framework and maybe something, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, you know, Dre has just dropped some words of wisdom, right? It's discipline, confidence, mental toughness, and personal initiative. Those four things uh, are just a great combination. Um, If you're trying to do something new, move in your career, start a new business, whatever it might be. Um, But one of your books uh, actually, I think, is a great place to go next, which is, asking yourself better questions. I think that yeah. um, knowing <laughs> what questions to ask, I feel like becoming a master asker. Uh, Mark Victor mm. Hansen was on my podcast previously. He was he wrote the book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, um, right. and he has a new book out called Ask. And so I'd love to hear your take on asking yourself better questions because I think therein lies the door into what you might want to do next, I would say.
1: Well, Tiffany, our thinking, what we call thinking as human beings is nothing but a running Q&A, right? It's an internal question and answer session that we have with ourselves every single day. The alarm clock goes off. Okay, am I going to get up or am I going to snooze it? All right, a phone call comes in. Am I going to answer it or not answer it? Somebody texts me. What do I want to say to this? Do I want to answer this way or that way or not answer at all? We're always asking ourselves questions and giving ourselves answers, and we just call it thinking. So when it comes to asking a better question, the quality of the question determines the quality of the answers. So anyone here who's ever watched the, I don't know, maybe Law and Order or an actual real court situation knows that a good lawyer can basically steer a witness towards whatever conclusion they want to draw in the courtroom by the, with the questions that they ask. And when you change the kind of questions you're asking people... You're going to change the answers that you get. And again, you can steer someone wherever you want based on the questions. So how does this apply to each one of us as people? When you change the way you are asking yourself questions, it's going to change the answers, even though you as a person hasn't changed at all. And that will lead to a different set of thoughts. And thoughts lead to words, words to actions, actions to habits, and so forth and so on. So asking yourself a better question is a, a huge thing, especially these days, Tiffany, because it used to be 20, 30 years ago, people who had the advantage were what? People who had the information, right? Whoever had access to certain information. And if you didn't have that information, you just didn't have access. You couldn't do things. Certain things you just didn't know about. Nowadays, we have Google. Everybody has all the information. Uh, We actually have too much. So what is the key now for people? The key now is asking the right questions so that you can access the right information, not just information, period. Because I don't know if anyone has ever been in a situation where you're on Google and you know what you're looking for, but you don't ask the right question of Google. Therefore, you can't find it. So you're Googling, but you can't find the thing because you don't know what to type in. But when you finally figure out the right thing to type in, then you find it. I remember there was a guy. He wanted. to uh, they called me to ask me to do a speaking gig for them. And he said, I saw you on somebody's show like six months ago, but I couldn't remember your name. So I said, how'd you find me? He said, Well, I was Googling and I'm writing things in and I typed this in, that wasn't you, typed something in, couldn't find you. And he said, I kept Googling, but I couldn't find you. And finally I typed something in and I found you. And that's a microcosm, of exactly what I'm saying here. When nowadays you have to ask the right question. If you ask the wrong question, you could get the right answer to the wrong question and end up in the wrong place. So nowadays, asking the right question is the key that separates the honestly, the winners from the losers.
0: So give me maybe. One or two examples of the questions you ask yourself every day.
1: Sure. How can I? Any question that starts with how can I instead of a yes or no, instead of a should I is, first of all, is a way that you frame or I'm going to get this done anyway. So let's just say I don't feel like going to the gym. I usually don't have that problem. I'm an athlete. But let's say someone doesn't feel like going to the gym. How can I get myself activated to do this? How can I make this work? Or since I'm in South Florida, I like warm weather. Every once in a while we get down into the 50s. All right, what can I do to you know, get through this run that I'm going to do outside the six mile run, even though the weather is not the way that I want it to be? So that those are a couple of examples of asking myself a better question. I want to think of a better example for you. You put me on the spot here. Let me see. So let's say I have a new assistant who just started with me actually yesterday. And my question that I would ask with her is, how can I make this situation, because I'm going to overwhelm her at the beginning. How can I make this situation as smooth as possible for her so that she knows the priorities of what I want her to start with? But how can I questions are much better than the the close ended yes or no questions or should I questions or the questions that can just become a closed door. And I think just that framework, no matter what you're applying it to challenges your mind. It challenges you to open your mind and come up with solutions to a situation instead of saying, well, I just can't, or I won't, or it's not working, or I don't, or I don't have things like that.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, the, um, especially for someone like you or somebody who is looking to get into producing content, uh, you know, I often get asked the question, especially somebody like Dre, who's put out so much, is how do you get started? My answer is always just get started because it's like, and and do it for your kids, you know, softball team or a cookie drive or a not for profit. Like, do it somewhere outside of work, you know, where you're doing it for the learning and for the joy. And I think one of the questions always when you're producing content is how can I add value um, with the, you know, so if you Mm. want to write a blog, like, how do I want it to be received? Who is it written for? Like, you know, what, what do I want the outcome to be after someone reads my piece of, uh, you know, my video or my blog? And so if you're listening to this, you know, I, I would say always ask yourself, whatever it is you're producing, is it of value to others, not just for you? I mean, I, I'd say that for me. Um, another one of your uh, books is uh, 25 Conversation Starters, which I think is, uh, I wonder if you would change that now that we're doing so much virtually, so would you change uh-huh. your 25 conversation starters now that it isn't face to face, that it's now video? Is there a difference? And and what would you say for people who maybe are introverts that aren't good at starting conversations?
1: I don't think I would change it. I think I would keep it as it is because what it really is about, what that the essence of that book is about asking open-ended questions and learning how to ask those kind of questions that you say a few words and then your conversational partner will say more so that they can talk and they can express themselves. And we all have one favorite subject, which is ourselves. So when you let people talk about their favorite topic, they will have an affinity for you because you let them do what most other people don't let them do because everybody wants to talk about themselves. So whether that's on Zoom or in person, I don't think that changes at all. And hopefully, who knows? Maybe. By the end of this year, we, we won't all be stuck on Zoom anymore. We'll see.
0: So give an example of one of the conversation starters, just one of them.
1: What's the best part about what you do for a living? What's the most challenging part about it? Those questions usually get people talking. As long as they do something for a living, those usually get somebody going.
0: <laughs> as long as they do. That's the caveat, the asterisk. They have to be doing something for a living. Yeah, as long right? as
1: they're doing something. You know, they don't do anything. That won't help.
0: That's right. All right. And then another one, like there's 27, we're not going to go through all the books, but I just wanted sort of the (laughs) highlights of the ones that I thought would be really great for, for our audience. So the next is 55 daily people skills. Like that's 55 is a lot. I'm not guessing you mean 55 every day, but so talk us through 55 uh, daily people skills.
1: That one is for people who, don't have very strong social skills, or at least they don't feel like they do. And they want to get better at just communicating with people, better at leadership, better at uh, building rapport. And I think I came up with the idea for that because I was president of Toastmasters in South Beach, Miami Beach for a year. You familiar with Toastmasters? I am. Tiffany. Okay. So when I was president there, I just, I realized, because leading people and talking to people and just articulating something that kind of came naturally to me, which is why I made so many videos and things like that. But I realized when I was president and I would see these people, these are grown men and women, adults who have careers. They weren't very strong socially. They were kind of awkward socially. uh, They would get in front of a room of 10 people to give an icebreaker speech to talk for four minutes about themselves and they would freeze up. And I'm like, you forgot your own life. And so it, it was just interesting to me that these things that came naturally to me, a lot of people didn't have. So I wrote the 55 Daily People Skills just to give people some examples of some things you can do to just start getting more comfortable dealing with other human beings. And I don't know. I think the, the lockdown has kind of counteracted a lot of the things I taught in that book. But hopefully people will keep it handy for when we're opened up again and they can start using them.
0: Well, I think it's, you know, th- these three specifically, um, 55 daily people skills, the 25 conversation starters, and ask yourself better questions. You know, I- I'm mm-hmm. a firm believer in always investing in in myself. Like if I'm not going right. to invest in myself, who else is going to invest in me, right? Um, right? But I would say this, and-, and often I get asked this question, and I'm going to guess, well, actually, your answer might be a little bit different. I started playing sports at sort of seven, eight, nine, and competing, Um, at Mm -hmm. that age as well. And I feel like so much about business and interpersonal skills and people skills and conversation starters and asking better questions and discipline and confidence and, you know, moral strength and toughness and uh, personal initiative was really shaped in the basis of sports for me. And so I'm always like, you know, if you're a parent listening to this, get your kids in sport. It teaches so much about how to win with humility and how to lose with your head held high, how to be a team member, how to listen to coaching, like, there's so many lessons in there. Um, mm-hmm. And so would you agree with that for for people from a sports perspective?
1: Absolutely. I think sports is a, it reflects life in many ways and it better because a lot of what I teach in my professional framework is what I learned in sports and how it applies to the business world. I mean, that's the, that's kind of the thing that makes me stand out in the thought leadership world is a uh, this guy's a former athlete, but he actually has some, some substance of what he's talking about. I'm not just telling you how I, You know, won the Super Bowl. No offense to anyone else, anyone out there. But when it comes to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So when it comes to sports, yes, I mean, you learn how to respect authority. Uh, You learn how to work within a a framework of a team where you might be the best player on one team and the worst player on another team and a role player in a different team. And you learn how to deal with that adversity. You're going to win games. You're going to lose games. Um, performance dealing with no fans and people watching you and having uh, opinions about what it is that you're doing you learn about your limitations and how to work within those limitations how to work on weaknesses how to emphasize strengths so many things you learn in sports so I think it's a good uh, thing for everybody to at least try now sports is not for everyone though some people by age 14 they're done with sports because it's not for them but it's a good place to start to at least learn how to deal with other human beings on all levels, whether they're above you, below you, equal to you, and just different from you.
0: Yeah. And I would say that's why I'm not a fan of, uh, kids sports now where everyone wins a trophy. I think that sends yeah. the wrong message. <laughs> uh, there yeah. are winners and losers. And what we've just taught an entire generation is everybody gets a ribbon. And yes. you know, that's not reality. Not everybody gets the ribbon, right? So uh, I think that there is uh, everything to be said with that. Well, listen, Dre, as we wrap this up, um, you know, I'd love for people to continue to watch your work and listen to what you have to say. I think you're just uh, such an incredible light um, that people can uh, sort of be drawn to. So what's the best places for people to continue to follow your work?
1: Well, I appreciate that, what you said there. The best place would be for them to get my book, The Mirror of Motivation. We didn't talk about that one, but they can get it for free if they just go to mirrorofmotivation.com. And what that book is, that book's going to give you the frameworks to answer a key question. Because everyone who listens to this show probably has goals, and they understand you can't get something for nothing. So you're probably a hard worker, too. Most people never ask themselves, who do I need to be? Who do I need to be as a person? What kind of aura? What kind of energy? Who do I need to see when I look in the mirror? How do I want people to feel about me when I walk into a room? This book, The Mirror of Motivation, will give you the frameworks to ask yourself those questions, better questions, and answer those questions for yourself. I'm not going to answer them for you. You're going to answer them. And you can get that book for free. We just ask that you help us out by covering the shipping. You can get that at mirrorofmotivation.com. Again, mirrorofmotivation.com. And as far as me, I'm on all the social medias, everything except TikTok. So anything else you like, look me up. I'm there.
0: So I have to say, I think you're missing out not being on TikTok, man. I think you are oh, perfect yeah? for TikTok.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so see, I do have the time to make the a, videos. That's the challenge. Yeah,
0: although this is just a uh, voice podcast, I'm looking <laughs> at Dre, right? He's wearing a red work on your game hat. He's already, you know, <laughs> he's giving dropping these words of wisdom in little 30-second bites. Oh, I think, I think TikTok is your next stop. That's what I think.
1: Okay, now you got me thinking about it. So I might post one today. Let's see how it does.
0: All right. All right. Well, thank you, Dre, for joining us today on the What's Next podcast. Everybody, please follow Dre. Watch him on YouTube. Pick up a copy of his book. Download uh, The Mirror of Motivation. And thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us, Dre.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Tiffany.
0: What a fun conversation with Dre. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Listen, there was so many nuggets in there. Discipline, confidence, mental toughness, personal initiative. And then I love the part about asking yourself better questions. I hope you enjoyed that time as much as I did. Please subscribe, leave some feedback, invite your friends. And as always, I appreciate you spending time with me today on the What's Next podcast.